This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And this is Father Patrick Briscoe. Welcome to Godsplaining. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a monthly donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to Godsplaining wherever you listen to your podcasts. Father Patrick, here we are. I'm breaking like the third wall. Maybe I shouldn't. Fourth wall? I'm breaking a wall. I don't know what wall. Today we're recording this episode here in the Diocese of Manchester, New Hampshire on, I was going to say, Happy Ascension Thursday. We celebrate Ascension Thursday on Ascension Thursday. So happy Ascension Thursday to you and to all those who aren't celebrating until Sunday. But um, here we are. How are things? How are you? Well, things are great. You know, I've been thinking a lot about confirmation, actually, which is, the not season. A, which is not a which is not a normal comment. Like, hey, what have you been thinking about? Oh, confirmation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that, yeah. That's a little that, admittedly, that's a little atypical. But as you say, it's the season, right? You know, so yep. you shared with us the other day a picture from the confirmation that you hosted at St. Dennis. Yeah. And as I was looking at the kids, I was shocked because they looked too young to be receiving confirmation to me. Yeah, they, well, I don't know if they're too young to be received, but they're certainly young. So yeah, in our, in our, in this diocese, I was gonna say our diocese as if I possess the diocese in some way, but in the diocese here of Manchester, New Hampshire, um, the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist were restored to what's called the traditional order. So that order mm -hmm. of them, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist. Um, about, I think this is the fifth or sixth year that we've done that. So that means that our here in the diocese um, and a couple other, the diocese of Burlington, Vermont, which is the whole state of Vermont and Portland, Maine, which covers the whole state of Maine. So these three Northern New England dioceses uh, restored the order of the sacraments. I know some others do out around the country. I couldn't tell you others, but I know there are others. Wow, that's so cool. Uh, yeah. So we moved or the bishop decided to move confirmation to third grade. So our sacramental prep um, is basically first, second, third grade. Uh, we have catechesis of the Good Shepherd before and then first, second, third grade sacramental prep. Second grade, they make their first uh, penance. And then third grade in the same mass, our third graders are confirmed and then receive their first Holy Communion, um, which has been a big change, obviously, because I think confirmation had been like late middle school here. I was confirmed in 10th grade, but I think it was late middle school here. So this was the first year that everybody has been had been caught up. So this was the first year that it was exclusively our third graders rather than, you know, having older kids confirmed with them to catch everybody up. So this is our yeah, our our first go at having all all the third graders confirmed together, which is actually it's really kind of I didn't realize this until the mass, but kind of cool because they're all the kids are dressed for first Holy Communion. So, you know, the girls have their white dresses on and their veils, yeah, and the boys yeah, are in yeah, their suits. Yeah. but they're also being confirmed in those clothes, which is really cool that they're receive. you know, they're all dressed. And then we had May crowning this past Sunday. So we had confirmation two weekends ago. Um, so they all had their communion dresses on for our May crowning again, too. But yeah, so that was that was just a couple of weeks ago. It's great. It was really it was really beautiful. So, yeah. Awesome. The um, so, but you didn't receive your confirmation at that age. You know, you were no, probably in high grade. school, right? Yep, tenth grade. Yeah, yeah. You so too, ours, I imagine something like that. Yeah, seventh grade was what we did okay. because they they didn't want too many things the same year. I think was the idea. So you mm. you get confirmed in seventh grade and then you graduate in eighth grade. So it was an attempt to make confirmation Separate, less of yeah. a graduation. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I would say that by and large that that failed. So when you yeah. when you were talking about this just now, you used an, an interesting phrase, and it might have it might have caught listeners a little off guard. You said we've restored the order. 
Mm-hmm. We restored the order of the sacraments of initiation. Can you j- just say a little bit? Because this episode is yeah. about restoring the order, but but I think it's 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 interesting. We're talking about the gifts, helpful. so yeah, 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 yeah. So tr- I guess basically, I think as far as I understand it, I'm not an expert that the sacraments of initiation would be done in that in the order of baptism, confirmation, then when fully initiated, receive the Holy Eucharist. And we see this. This isn't. Um, this isn't like a strange thing. In fact, if you look at when how adults are received into the church at the Easter Vigil or elsewhere, that's the order of the sacraments. They would be baptized, they would be confirmed, and then um, they would receive Holy Communion in that order um, at, at the Easter Vigil Mass or elsewhere. For children, it's been adjusted a little bit. Um, but if you look to if someone's in danger of death and they're receiving the sacraments, they would receive the sacraments in that order, baptism, confirmation, Holy Eucharist, if they're able to, depending, you know, what the situation is. Um, but we see this, the reason for that is that the that the the, the graces of confirmation are a, a, a deepening, a solidification, a strengthening of baptismal graces that prepare us to live with and for Christ. Um, and then you would, you know, see that, that the reception of Holy Communion, um, is sort of the culmination of that. Now, there's a debate as to like, should this be, should this order be restored or not? Um, and on the one side, you know, what Father Patrick, what you were alluding to is like, well, does, you know, we have to keep kids coming to religious ed. So if confirmations in third grade, do they stop coming or do we push it later so that they keep coming? And the other side of the argument, and I think the actually the stronger side, as I've thought about it, um, being here and pastor here is that, um, that in fact, the world in which kids are growing up is so we can we can list all these issues and these difficulties and these challenges to the faith that affording them the graces of the Holy Spirit as they go through school, as they grow up, as they face the challenges presented to them, um, it makes a lot of sense to strengthen them with those the graces of the Holy Spirit um, rather than waiting for that. So, but one, I was asked this question, which I found interesting, is where you know, this was, someone said, well, this was never done before. You know, why are we, Jesus didn't do it this way. Well, okay, fair. Jesus also didn't confirm because the sacrament of confirmation wasn't, it was given to the apostles. You know, the apostles were sealed and then instructed to seal others with the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that's right. Um, But we can also see in the very, very, very early church that entire households were converted, you know, converted and received the sacrament. So we would assume that they were baptized, mm-hmm. confirmed and received Holy Communion. Children in that order as well, you know, so adults, yes, but if the entire household, so too the children um, received in that order. So there's there's great apostolic tradition, capital T, you know, in which our faith resides um, and scriptural tradition for for this reality. So, I mean, the debate, there, there are arguments to be made for both sides, I think, um, but that's kind of the, the thinking here anyways. So there you have it. In Providence, when you were at St. Pius, there it was older, right? That they received confirmation? Uh, yeah, what did we do? I believe we did it along with graduation. I think it was both, I think it was eighth grade. Um, cool. Yeah, got it. Well, there you have it. But maybe that's, I think I was actually thinking it might be a cool topic for an episode on its own to talk about the order of the sacraments of initiation. Cause it was, it's come up, you know, it's like confirmation yeah, season. So this question comes up. But yeah, maybe we'll put that in the hopper for for a time to come. But we are, the reason we're talking about this is because this is our, it's penultimate, I think, right? I thought the gift of piety was when I, when Father Joseph Anthony and I recorded for last weekend, but hey, you got one more. So great. Uh, So this is the penultimate episode on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And today, um, as we've been walking through the Easter season, we're going to talk about the gift of 
of fortitude um, that that's given one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what fortitude is, what it's not in contrast to perhaps a popular understanding of what does courage or fortitude look like? Also, how does it differ from the cardinal virtue of fortitude? Um, and then I think some practical livings of, you know, pitfalls and, and things to pursue with respect to fortitude. So we've done this, though, what, this is episode six of our mm -hmm. Easter series. So I don't think we have to spend a ton of time um, going through, well, what are the gifts and blah, all that? I was going to say blah, 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 but that betrays a sort of <laughs> like, that's a little bit a little uh, flippant. Yeah. salty to the um, Holy Spirit. Yeah, which I, which I don't want to be, of course, <laughs> naturally. Um, but Father Patrick, can you set us up a bit with what are the gifts? What's going on here? Why, right. So of course, you know, as we've been saying, the gifts, the gifts help us to to live life according to the designs of the Holy Spirit. So virtues, right, are stable dispositions which allow us to act um, in accordance with what is good for us in our humanity and what is good for us according to God's plan. Um, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate differently from the virtues because they're they're a modus, they're a motor, they're a kind of prompting. Um, from the from the outside that that drives us in a certain way. So when people talk about being inspired to do something, um, the, the the gifts are part of the way that the Holy Spirit leads us. And the different gifts matter because they do different things, right? Wisdom is not the same thing as courage, um, and sometimes they might appear to be in conflict. They're not. They're never in conflict, but they they might appear to be in conflict. Um, uh, and the reason, so the reason that we have so many of them is because they, they lead us in different directions and they, they provide us to, to attain to different actions, um, but, but all according to the modality of the Holy Spirit. So the virtue of fortitude, I think that's a good place to start, right? The virtue of fortitude allows us to be brave, according to uh, Aristotle and St. Thomas Aquinas, in face of death. That's really properly what fortitude is about. And it involves um, a kind of willingness, a willingness to die for patria, for family, you know, for country and for, for family. And we can see fortitude like that on, on a natural level. Um, it means standing up in, in a kind of difficult situation. But again, properly in the ancient world, it means standing up uh, in, the face of, in the face of something really extreme, um, but especially facing the threat of one's own death. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's, we've talked about, I think your point, this, I just want to say this is kind of tangential, but not really. But I think your point about, you know, why are there so many, we're talking about the gifts and the virtues, and we should talk about grace and the sacraments and all these fit together in, in some way. And there's a lot there. And sometimes it might seem like, oh, there's so many things I have to remember, or, what does this do and what does that do and why and why can't we just like get rid of it and just like be simple you know simple and straightforward but if we look at this sort of plethora of things that were given it really it really shows to us our lord's great concern for us and his desire for total sanctification that he just doesn't want to heal us according to a human mode you know like the virtues um that unite us to him in our actions but there's he also as he promises at the last supper as you know if you've been going to mass, which I certainly hope so, you know, through the Easter season, we're right now we're reading from the gospel of John in the last supper discourse, and our Lord promises to send the paraclete to send the Holy Spirit that we might be guided in truth and in turn conform to him. So this is what the virtues and the gifts and grace is doing, but the virtues in a particular way as gifts of the Holy Spirit and the sending of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, so let's, let's say something then. So fortitude, um, 
the gift of fortitude, it's not so much as what Father Patrick was talking about, the same as the, the virtue of fortitude that helps us to respond well in the face of death or difficult situations. It's still, I guess, is active in difficult situations. But the gift of fortitude, um, the gift of what courage, sometimes it's called is there an, you said a different word, Father Patrick, you called it something else too, that I liked. Um, I don't remember. Do you remember? I can't remember. I don't. Um, Maybe I said being brave. Bravery. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So fortitude, courage, bravery. Um, you know, with the gift, the gift allows us to overcome our fear and um, willing to take sort of risk, we could say, to follow Christ. You know, it's it's this sort of um, the, the 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 gift inspires us to be witnesses and followers of Christ to suffer um rejection, abuse, harm, death, the gift of courage allows us with a sort of firmness of mind with a fir- well, particularly a firmness of will to pursue the Christian life. Um, and we can think of, well, why is that important? Why does, why does that make sense? Well, remember what our Lord tells us in the Beatitudes that if the world hates, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but if the world hates him, the world will hate us. And we don't need to look too far or too wide to see how Christians are persecuted, either, you know, physically martyrdom, these sort of things, or even just living in our own kind of worlds um, where there's ostracization. Is that saying it right? You know, there's your from social circles, from, you know, for living the faith and and living the faith. Well, the beauty here is that our Lord knows that and he gives us not just, um, you know, not just a tool, but the Holy Spirit guides us in being able to to do that. I think perhaps this is a way to kind of summarize, at least on this point, that often or in the past, maybe not often, but in the past, the sacrament of confirmation was talked about not so much as like a becoming an adult or choosing the faith um, or what, but, um, you know, being a soldier for Christ, a soldier for the faith, witnessing, spreading, um, spreading the faith. I guess I can use this and then I'll stop my rambling, but Father Patrick, a little quiz for Father Patrick. Um, I didn't know before this morning, well, before preparing my homily for this morning uh, for Ascension, but do you do you know what the gospel reading is for the Ascension? Do you have any guess or listeners? For the Ascension? Uh-huh. For, yeah. I haven't looked at it for next week yet, no. Yeah, fair. Uh, it is the end of the gospel of Matthew. Go for Go therefore and make... Uh, disciples of all nations, oh, baptizing them nice. in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and yeah, I will be with words. you until the end of the age. You know, so our Lord promises us that he will be with us as he ascends and then sends the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. For what? So that we might go and spread the gospel um, and witness to the gospel. And now here's the gift of fortitude, because spreading the gospel and witnessing to the gospel, being disciples of Christ, comes with some radical challenges, some radical difficulties, some real adversity in that. And our Lord knows that, and he provides for us in that, in the sacrament of confirmation with this gift. Right. So you see the whole picture coming together, right? It's pretty right. cool. So Father Patrick, um, let's talk a little bit more about what that looks like, you know, when when the rubber hits the road, so to speak. What does, like, how does fortitude play out in the Christian life? I guess maybe we'll talk about some big ways and some small ways, you know, that yeah. sort of dynamic. So one, so one concern I have today is the way that people casually throw out the phrase, like, oh, you're so brave. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I included like bravery in my, my names for, for, for courage, for fortitude, um, because people say, oh, that's so brave of you. And a lot of times what they're doing is congratulating someone on having manifested an interior emotional state. 
um, mm -hmm. which is not bravery. Um, it's something else. So what is what is true bravery for a Christian? It means dying for something that's actually noble, um, which means something more than one's own feelings. Um, and it so it means being self-sacrificing, um, which is particularly why there's this emphasis in the again in the ancient world on fortitude being a virtue unto death. So what's the biggest place, you know, so we're, so we're going to talk about small ways and big ways and here I'm kind of moving through them, but what's the biggest place that we as Christians find fortitude, find courage? Well, it's in the martyrs and the martyrs who were unwilling to betray Jesus Christ in the face of even their own death, you know, saying some of, some of the martyrs endured extreme torture um, for the sake of the Lord. So, so I think that, that we have to realize that bravery is not showmanship. It's not, um, it's not standing up for one's, for one's own uh, interior state. It's not, it's not causing a big scene, but it's being willing to sacrifice for the highest ideals. That, that properly is what, is what courage and fortitude is. And the Holy Spirit leads us in the gift of fortitude to be strengthened in that resolve unto death, right? Because any normal person has a fear of death. We don't like death. Death is an evil. It's a horrible thing. It's always tragic. And um, so we need this gift to kind of motivate us and, and, and prompt us um, through it. Yeah, one way we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is that they, as opposed to the virtues or in comparison to the virtues, that the virtues direct us in like a sort of human mode. You know, they, they some have a theological end or God has the end or others don't, but um, they direct us in a human mode, but the gifts direct us in a divine mode because they're a mm. gift given by God, the Holy Spirit directly. So your point about this, about bravery, fortitude, martyrdom, you know, the martyrs aren't those that... A martyr doesn't go out seeking to be a martyr. Um, a martyr is a martyr because, you know, it's it's brought to them in a way we could say, and it's the response to that suffering, to that, to that threat of death that is, um, that elicits fortitude. And it's in that moment, as you were saying, Father, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. In the face of death, in the face of pain, we ought to recoil. We don't lean into that, um, but the, naturally, but with the supernatural aid of the gifts, we can see like, well, what, what is this sacrifice for and for whom are we sacrificing and what does this bear witness to and how are we conformed to Christ in this? And it's, it's, it's not a natural thing to seek this sort of end or this sort of witness, but there is a supernatural reality that is not totally foreign to what it means to be a disciple uh, in, in the, in the martyrdom or in the death of the martyrs. So we see that it is, and that's not to say we don't want to confuse it and say that like God wants people to suffer. You know, God's looking for people to to suffer martyrdom, but it is the case that in a fallen world, uh, the world will despise and hate and seek to stamp out at times what it means to be a Christian and, and the truth of the gospel when at times people are called to witness that, so to witness to that. So that's obviously big, right? That's like, you know, we're not all going to be called to be martyrs in that sense. Um, I think in my case, thanks be to God, you know, I don't doubt the work of the Holy Spirit, but, you know, gosh, I would... It would take, a, I mean, martyrdom is a beautiful and special grace, but I'm a coward and I'm weak. So uh, there would have we to need, be pretty. We need big gifts. Yeah, we big gifts big here. Gifts. Um, but what about, sometimes we distinguish two between a red or a bloodied martyrdom and a, and a white or an unbloodied martyrdom, right? Like red simply because of the shedding of blood and white that there isn't the shedding of blood. Um, and it's the red, the big shedding is the shedding of the blood is sort of the big 
kind of thing that, you know, that, but what are some smaller ways in living the Christian life that there, that, that fortitude might be, you know, given to us, acted upon? What are other ways that we might suffer um, for the faith that, that we should be kind of uh, not on guard for, but like ready for, I guess. Right. 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 So one I would say is um, not being afraid to lose social capital. So I had a friend who was telling me recently that she had some business associates over to her house and she looked around and she looked at her kitchen counter and she saw her small statue of the Virgin Mary that sits on her windowsill. And she thought for just a few minutes, oh, I should really just remove it because I don't want anyone to see or like or 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 re- realize that I'm like this religious person. And then she felt overwhelmingly guilty mm-hmm. because even that she would have the thought of removing the symbol, um, you know, for, for her was a kind of betrayal of heart. And so, so she was really distressed by this. So, so the um, the wearing of Christian signs and symbols we talk about a lot on the show, it's really, really important. It's countercultural. And it's a it's a big witness, um, you know, so hang the rosary on your rearview mirror. More importantly, pray the rosary, but but hang it on your rearview mirror so people see it. Wear a cross, um, wear, wear signs of religious devotion um, as friars who wear habits uh, often in the public square. You know, we, we see the impact of this. Uh, just a little sign can be very helpful to someone, you know, a holy card of Pope John Paul II in your cubicle at work um, is something something behind you like an image of the Virgin Mary on a zoom call. Um, it's really a statement and can be a brave, can, can be an act of bravery. Um, but is one, is one given again, not for the purposes of self aggrandizement or aggrandization, um, but, but offered in the name of Jesus and, uh, and is in fact an invitation for someone to come to know and love him. Yeah, actually, this is a little story. I don't know if it falls under the gift of fortitude or not, but we've had on the on guest explaining a couple of times Victor Sweeney, who is a um, who is um, I was going to say an undertaker, but that's like the that's like a grim kind of word. But um, who? Uh, why am I like drawing a total blank on like a proper word for a funeral director? There we go. I could not think of the word, and we came across. Uh, Victor on YouTube, I did on YouTube, I was watching, I forgot, it might be Vox or whatever channel on YouTube where they do different sort of like, whatever help. So they'll have people answer, like experts in various fields answer Twitter questions. And his came up on like with being a funeral director and on his desk, he had a mug with a picture. It, it's not a Catholic thing at all. And very far from it, I would imagine, but a, a, a mug with a picture of Pope Benedict the 16th on it. And I was like, hmm guy has to be a catholic it was just in the corner and it was like he has to be a catholic and so i like reached out to him we ended up reaching out to him he's been on the show a couple times and um we've had some great conversations about particularly you know that sort of about death and dying well as as a catholic and preparing for that but so check out those episodes if you haven't but those little things um i'm not saying like that was you know a huge act of fortitude but those witness those bear witness in ways that we wouldn't think, you know, like Father Patrick was saying, wearing crucifix, having these symbols. And I, I think you're spot on with the social capital thing. I think you're spot on. I think that's one of the greatest sort of hesitations of speaking well and prudently about the faith and the truths of the faith, particularly moral things or or whatnot, but that that the fear of being ostracized or pushed out or whatever it might be. And yeah, that, that perhaps it's a natural fear because we want to belong, we want to be affirmed, we want to be loved. But it's sort of a question of like when we're weighing these things in the scales, what matters, you know, to what and to whom are we loyal to what and to whom are we willing to sacrifice? Um, and the gift of the Holy spirit of the fortitude 
fortitude, the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to like English is escaping me, is that gift that helps us to stand strong and ready to witness, witness to the, to the truth of what the gospel is and what Christ calls us to be. One thing too, I think, and you can tell me, uh, Father Patrick, if you think I'm right or wrong, but I think sometimes we give into the, into the notion that, that, um, too easily that the faith is just a sort of consolation that it should be comfortable, not comfortable, but like we should be, we should be at peace always. And like, we kind of have this inward, like, what am I getting out of it rather than what am I giving, you know, to the Lord? What am I sacrificing? You know, like, what is Jesus doing in my life? Is he answering my prayers? Is he fixing it? Well, in reality, we're asked to love, which is, which is an outpouring of self. And that costs too, right? To love in different ways, to witness, to stand up for what is true and beautiful and good. So I think this fortitude works here to give us the courage, the bravery to spend ourselves because often mm -hmm. we want to protect ourselves. Um, so to say, well, it's okay if my time is eaten up. It's okay if this, you know, if that's, a, I'll say, okay, this is being, I'm, maybe I'm talking about myself. I guess, weren't we told by someone once that the preacher in preaching always reveals a little bit about himself or we soul absolutely or something. were yeah and it's totally true yeah so as i'm talking mm -hmm. about this i'm thinking because i i get very like when there are demands on my time i start to think mm, maybe not maybe i maybe i'll wait a couple <laughs> days to reply to that email you know i get very like protected and it's weird it's a weird thing um but i think here fortitude works too to remind like you know no it's okay to spend yourself and to sacrifice yourself for the sake of others. So I think even in those little ways, the virtue of, or the, sorry, the gift of fortitude can be very alive and prompting and conforming to Christ. So I don't know. I, that's kind of on my, any, anything else comes to mind, comes to your mind, Father? Um, yeah, I think that, uh, again, um, we can, we can also be tempted to think that fortitude comes and happens in like one-off uh, moments, but actually fortitude um, is a is a gift that allows us to persevere and also bearing really difficult situations. Mm. So uh, for Aquinas, patience is an allied virtue of fortitude, for example. Um, they're, they're connected, this ability to endure. So fortitude isn't just about like one-off gestures. It's about being able, being able to be faithful and to hang in there even when something is really difficult. Yeah, perseverance, endurance, long-suffering, um that sort of thing is, is, yeah, it, this is, this is perhaps more with the virtue than it is with the, the gift, but they correspond, you know, one of the things that St. Thomas Aquinas talks about is that there are options when we're presented with a difficulty and one might be demanded of us. Um, you know, it's the fight or flight, like, do we endure or do we run away? And often with temptation and that sort of thing, we run, you know, you don't, if there's a temptation, you know, if, if in that room, there's that great temptation, you don't walk into the room and say, I'm strong enough. You, you go the other way, you avoid near occasions, but sometimes the, the crosses of life, there's no option. They just simply are life, you know, and that's what you bear. Um, not alone, right? Not alone because our Lord is with us and bearing the cross and our Lord gives us the Holy spirit and the gifts, but that's also part of fortitude of bearing, bearing the difficulties, sometimes small, sometimes quick fleeting, sometimes huge and life-changing and enduring but the beauty here is that our lord gives us nothing but himself and to to do that and we ought to have kind of you know we ought to have every sort of confidence that that's true that's real and it's most real 
it's most real. So, all right, well, we have like just a minute or so left. Father Patrick, any final thoughts on either the age of confirmation or the gift of fortitude, which we both, which we talked about in today's episode. Any final thoughts on, on fortitude? Nah, the Lord will make us brave. Yeah, that's great. I I think of it as you said that, and as we're wrapping up of when our Lord talks, I think it's in right in the Sermon on the Mount when he says not to, um, not to like plan ahead as to what you're going to say um, in response to things, you know, that's a total paraphrase, but that like the Lord will provide what, I mean, he said it to Moses too. And he, you know, the Lord will provide what, what we need and what, when we need it. And he knows best. And um, yeah, so here we are a few days, I guess a week out from Pentecost uh, from the outpouring of the Holy spirit. So um, probably worth praying for the Holy spirit to come, especially, you know, anew. we pray, we pray for our Lord to come at the incarnation and at Christmas and at Easter and, you know, but it's also, let's not forget the Holy spirit and these gifts that are given to us that we received in our confirmation that are renewed in the sacramental graces we receive, you know, ask for that. Don't be afraid to ask for an outpouring of the Holy spirit in your own lives, especially as these days of Pentecost approach, be bold in that and trust that the Lord, as father Patrick said, gives us what we need. So, from all of us here at Godsplaining, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. If you'd like to contribute, donate to the podcast through Patreon. Follow the link in the description. Know that we are very grateful for those of you who do support the podcast. Uh, we Obviously, the show would not go on without you, for sure. You can also follow the links in the description to shop our Godsplaining merchandise and to get information on our upcoming events and retreats that we're hosting this summer. So check that out. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in. Know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us. And until next time, God bless. Mm-hmm.